your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Come on. Bring them out, bring them out. Hey! Bring them out, bring them out. Yeah. Hey, welcome to the Voice America Sports Network. You are listening to Kwame Lasseter on Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Uh, I appreciate you guys joining me, coming back for another week of uh, sports. We talked last week about the draft. We'll get more into that uh, now that it's completed and you got undrafted free agents uh, coming in. But uh, since I talked to you last week, I was in Orlando, Florida doing a golf tournament a lot of things went on i didn't win i know what you're thinking um why i don't even know but it was fun i had a good time everything was good i'm in the studio right now i'm back in phoenix arizona and we are live on the voice america sports network if you want to call in the number is 1-888-346-9144 you can call in and i'm blogging at uh kwame at kwame lots of the sports dot com I hear a lot of uh, noise in the background, so we're we going to talk right over that, but we are live in the studio. We're going, um, we going out. Again, we're going to talk about the draft. There's also things going on in sports where a whole lot of things. Also, you got the basketball. You got the playoffs going on. Uh, that was exciting. So we'll get into that. We might have a few callers. Again, I'm in the studio alone. I uh, had one cup of coffee. I'm going to need about two or three more of those. Uh, so. But hang with me. Uh, again, I said I was in Florida. It was a great time. I uh, uh, had a golf tournament with the NFL alumni. Uh, came in second, which was crazy. But uh, let's go ahead and let's get into the draft. Uh, also, you know what? Uh, a couple guys, hard-hitting sports, Mark and Miller, those guys had a, had a pretty good show. They went to, uh, they had about 150 people show up for the draft. I think Seth was one of their guests. Seth joined a couple guys in the league, showed up, Jerome. Daniels, and then they also filming a movie. They're going trying to film a movie about the Eagles. That might be in the first week of June, but you will uh, keep posted. Check out Mark McMillan's and Byron Evans' show, The Hard Hitting Sports, and these those guys will keep you posted on that. I'm sure Ray Ellis was there, one of the network producers here. Um, but it was good. A lot of guys came out to support that, and that was good. Uh, look out for their show. Look out for other shows up here. Uh, again, the number is one eight 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 three four six nine one four four. We're going to get into the draft. Let's get into that right now. Now, I, I, I'm not a big fan of draft. I got problems with the draft. I'm not a huge fan of the draft, and not because I didn't get drafted. Not really. But, uh, you know, for, for the most part, it's more entertaining. It's more, it's more political, if anything, as far as financially. Because you have so many guys invited to the draft, and then you got those guys sitting in the room uh, that's projected to go first round. Um, and I think... And I think 15 of those guys, maybe 20 of those guys out of the 31, 32 picks, 15 to 20 of those guys is enough that you need to send to uh, New York. If you need to send there to sit in the uh, studio. But again, it's political. It's great entertaining. And that's why it goes on for two days. They can finish the draft. They can finish the draft in, I say, a day and a half. It goes on all day, uh, uh, Saturday and all day Sunday, which is uh, which is a bit too much, but the more they're on TV, the more the more money they're making for the draft. Uh, again, it's, it's, it's entertaining because you got those guys sitting in there. Just like last year when the guy from uh, Cleveland, the quarterback, uh, sitting <laughs> sitting in the room alone by himself. They say he's slipping into the uh, end of the draft, goes down to the 24th pick. 
which I don't think he slipped, but you know that's the that's the NFL. It's a good old boy system. Uh, his coach probably called one of his buddies in the league, say pick him up. I'll do you a favor somewhere down the road. But again, I, as I mentioned, I'm not a fan of the draft. We talked about the draft and who was going to be picked up. Uh, we'll get more into that. Now, as a as a position guy, there was a, there's a lot of teams. There's a lot of guys. I'm sure that didn't get drafted. But sometimes, and that's just how the draft plays out. But someone call in and tell me if you know, and I'm sure you don't, but uh, make an opinion about it. How does Graham Harrell and Chase Daniel not get drafted? Seven rounds in the 2000 draft, how does those guys not get drafted? Both of those guys were leaders on their team, leaders throughout the, the college league level, respected on the team, respected around the college collegiate level, and uh, both of them had first-round receivers, respectively, going to the first round. And that's Crabtree and Macklin. Now, how these guys don't get drafted? Now, I know they was in a spread offense. Now, in a spread offense, you have to find the right guy to throw to. So, um, the guy's going to be open. Well, guy's going to be covered. They know you know you're in a spread, so you have to make plays to find the right guy to throw to. And both those guys, I think, did a great job. But how they not get drafted? And this is why. This is and this is why I'm not a fan of the draft because guys like that slip through the cracks. But I think. Wherever they go free agent-wise, and I think Graham is going to uh, Cleveland and Chase Daniels will end up in Washington, undrafted free agents. And um, and I think they have a great chance of making the team. It's a little tougher for Graham because his his college coach is uh, saying, uh, what is it, Mangini is the head coach over there now in Cleveland, Cleveland Brown. So he's a little upset about what's going on over there, saying uh, his receiver has more experience as this guy has coaches. But anyway, someone call in, tell me about this uh, – how these guys slip through the crack. And you might agree with me that the NFL draft is, is more political than anything, but more so based on uh, financials. So uh, give me a call on that. I, I mentioned both of these guys was in a spread offense, so they can get the ball to the receiver. Obviously, they did a great job at that, getting the ball to the receivers, and, um, and no one picks them up. But you can pick up guys like Sanchez for the uh, – where he went to New York. Pick up guys like that. Only played 16 games, but he went to USC. So a lot of scouts, a lot of so-called gurus thinking this guy is better than what he is. And that brings uh, – I know teams are allowed to pick whomever they want in the draft, whomever they feel is uh, best to help their team in the draft, not not necessarily the best guy in the draft or the uh, just because he's the best guy on the board, uh, but what you need. I know that's possible. The team's going to pick whom they like. It was evident this week when uh, Tampa Bay drafted uh, Freeman for out of Kansas State. The Jets drafted Sanchez out of USC, whom I mentioned that only had 16 games experience. Um, and I think he's feeding off the success of uh, Matt Castle. Matt Castle never playing a, a down in college. Had a great um, outcome in uh for the New England Patriots last year, when Tom Brady went down, uh, those guys finished eleven and five. Now he gets a good deal and ended up in uh, Kansas City, which was a lot of turnover with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and the Denver Broncos with uh, Matt Castle and the um, and Jake and Jake. Uh, what's the guy name? The guy for Kansas City, the guys for the Denver Broncos. But it was a lot of turmoil with that, and I think Sanchez played off that. All it takes him was sixteen games, and as he mentioned, he does he did go to USC. So that might have helped out a lot. Now I'm not gonna, 
and that, and I mentioned a lot of teams like Tampa Bay, New, New York Jets, and the uh, Oakland Raiders. Uh, they had a lot of controversial picks, but I'm not. I don't think they was controversial as uh, some of the other guys not getting drafted, and that'd be a Graham Harrell and a Chase Daniels. I'm not as um, confused about the Raider, Oakland Raiders seven pick in the first round as everyone else seems to be. <clears throat> now I understand Michael Crabtree and uh, Jeremy Mackley. I understand they were available at the time. I thought during the draft. You were allowed to pick anyone you want, anyone that was available to you. And the problem with that, I say you the problem with uh, the uproar when a team, when a guy doesn't get picked where others pro- uh, project him to get picked, because you got a you got a lot of so-called gurus who study the draft, a lot of so-called prognosticators. They get upset when they put all this work in before the draft, uh, months at a time, months before. They get so upset. When they have their mock draft weeks before the draft leading up to that, that they place these guys in certain positions and teams doesn't follow suit. Now, as I mentioned, I thought in the draft, if you, don't, if you own a team, if you're a coach, you get to select whomever you want in that draft that you feel was comfortable that fit your team. And that brings me to uh, Darius Hayward, Hayward Bay. The guy's a prototype, has a prototype body. He's a prototype receiver. He's six foot. Uh, close to six one, about two hundred and ten pounds. Now I watched this guy play. Now I don't understand. I, again, I mentioned Crabtree was there, but you got to you got to remember. If you do remember, Crabtree has a fracture in his foot. Now that doesn't mean he's not going to be successful, but he has a fracture in the foot. And this guy, Darius Haywood, coming out of Maryland, again prototype guy, fastest guy in the uh, draft this year, blazing speed. I watched him play. I would say he need to work a little bit on his blocking. But if he watch a little Heinz Ward and Quan Bolden film, uh, that'll take care of himself. He got to be more physical. He's not scared to go across the middle. He makes catches. Um, he's a deep threat, but he will go across the middle. The Raiders got who they wanted, actually. And as a defensive back, and I play defensive back, as a defensive back, back I like to watch the footwork of receivers coming out of the breaks, um, I think he rounded off a little bit more than he should. But, again, he was a deep threat, so he was stretching the field. But um, I don't think that will be a problem going because James Lofton, Hall of Fame James Lofton receiver, uh, just joined the Raiders last weekend. Well, actually, it was last Wednesday. So uh, I work, I played with James, not with him, but I was in San Diego when he was the receiver's coach. So James Lofton, I think Darius Haywood is going to be okay with James Lofton coaching him. I watch how he coached those other receivers, and he does a good job of helping defensive backs out, telling him, telling you where teams are trying to beat you or how it's best to play uh, receivers. Uh, and, and that makes for a good coach, and he was he was actually uh, considered uh, as a head coach coming out of San Diego uh, for, with the Oakland Raiders. But now he's at the, he's at the Raiders, and he has a pretty good uh, first-round pick in Darius Haywood, and I think that Darius Haywood is going to be a pretty good guy. He has um, in a defensive back worth his weight. If you can pick on, uh, if you can pick that up and watch this guy come out his break and see that he's rounding it off, you may be able to make a few plays on him. But again, the guy, the guy's a pretty good receiver, and and that's just what it is. Other than that, he has great upside, a lot of potential, just like the rest of the guys who went in the draft, just like the rest of the guys that the Oakland Raiders could have picked before him, but they have Darius Haywood. He has that great upside. Um, 
Obviously, they did the research on this guy. You're not just going to pick a guy because he's in his draft and you've never seen him play before. Obviously, they've done the research on him, and um, he's never had any off-the-field trouble. And maybe you could have got him late in the first round. Maybe you could have got him early in the second round, maybe. But the guy was going to be gone. You didn't have to have Crabtree. Remember, Crabtree was hurt. Uh, I don't know. Well, Macklin, um, he was available also. The Oakland Raiders chose the guy they wanted. Now, I never heard anything off the field about uh, Darius Haywood, any disturbing issues. Um, just look at the guy. Look at his pro- – uh, he was productive in college. He, again, I mentioned he was the fastest receiver in the draft. If he concentrate a bit more on his hands, uh, he'll be fine. Again, you have James Lofton up there. James, I watched James Lofton turn some of them average receivers and made them good. So that's pretty good. So stop looking for everything bad about this guy unless you're going to draft this guy. And and, and we're going to take a break. We will come back. Again, you listen to Kwame Lassa. We started off with the draft talking about uh, what's going on. I don't like it, but you listen to Kwame Lassa on the Voice America Sports Network. Uh, we're coming back. Uh, I talked earlier in the show. Uh, Mark and uh, Hard Hitting Sports and Brian Everson, they will be filming at Barcelona the first week in June. So go check that out. I'll come back in two minutes and we'll finish up on some things. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This foot is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Four and three and two. We one. Just play. Four and three. 
We are back. You're listening to Kwame Lasso on Kwame Lasso Sports Talk. I'm live here in Phoenix, Arizona on the Voice America Sports Network. We were talking about the draft. Uh, I mentioned I'm not a fan of the draft, and I, I must state, not because I didn't get drafted, although it's political, and I watch a lot of guys. As I'm sure a lot of guys who didn't get drafted watch a lot of guys get drafted that no longer are in the league, was out the league for about two or three years. Um, it's just determined on... I think the draft more, and I say political, I think it's like a what school you went to or who your coach know or in, you haven't made a play, but your team play on TV a lot. Uh, I went to the University of Kansas. We were good, uh, but, you know, it's it's Kansas. It's not, uh, as Mark would say, Mark McMillan would say, it's not Alabama <laughs> and those guys. But it's more political and it's, it's more it's entertaining. It's for financial reasons, so – and that's why I make the that's why I made the uh, issues about uh, Darius Haywood going to the Oakland Raiders. A lot of people don't know that James Lofton is there, and I think he'll be fine. You don't choose a guy just to be taking a guy uh, when other when other so called draft gurus think there's guys better than him um, in the draft. You just don't take a guy and um, and and not understand what he's about and not do, and not having research on him and doing the and doing things like that. But James Lawson is there, and, and Darius Haywood's going to be fine. But well, we don't see. It's just like any other receiver in the drive. You never know what you're going to get out of these guys. These guys are great in college. And mind you, they are great in college, but I've watched, we've watched a lot of guys uh, excellent in college, and then they get to the National Football League, and you're like, where's this guy? And it's vice versa. You don't, you don't hear a guy, you don't hear about a guy in college, he gets into the National Football League, and he's a star. you got to remember, Tom Brady was a seventh-round pick out of Michigan. You didn't hear about Tom Brady. Tom Brady is now a future Hall of Famer. So that's that being said, um, I have a call on the line. As usual, Richard, a uh, former AFL2 coach, is calling on the line. Rich, are you there? Yeah, man, what's going on, man? All right, you okay, that's good. Um, not much I was talking about the, um, you know, I, I came in talking about the, uh, the politics right. of the draft. I was talking also about um, a couple guys getting drafted, teams moving up to pick guys like Sanchez, but I was also mentioning Darius Hayward. Uh, and they said that's not a good pick for the Raiders, but that's just because if you don't like the guy, you don't like the guy. You don't have to take this guy's dreams and his goals away. This guy got drafted in the first round, seventh pick. So don't put all that pressure on him saying he don't deserve to be there or the Raiders didn't do a good job. But a lot of guys don't – a lot of people don't see who's there, who's going to help this guy. I thought he was a pretty good guy in college. You know, a few minor mistakes, a few minor things that he can fix. And with James Lofton being there, the Hall of Fame James Lofton, as the receiver coach, I think those things get fixed before uh, the end of preseason. So I don't know if we, you watched a lot of the drafts. Give me your opinion on what went on. Did that bother you or that you was, you liked or you was, you know, you was well, concerned about? My thing, I, you know, the draft pretty much went the way everybody said except that Raider pick. You know, it kind of shocked me that the Jets moved up to the five to pick up Sanchez. I mean, I thought they could have got him a little bit further down. I mean, once the once the uh, Seahawks didn't pick him, wasn't nobody else going to pick him. You know what? I I agree with you right there. I don't. I didn't see Sanchez as that savior. You know. You know what's going to happen in New no, York? No, he's probably the better better quarterback out of all of them. Yes. You think so? The system he played in. Look at the last quarterback that came out of Georgia. Nobody Quincy Carter. No, no, no comment. Quincy Carter was no. bad. You know what? You got to. I don't care who you are. You go into a system. Look at Tom. And I mentioned Tom Brady, seventh round right. draft pick. You didn't hear a lot from him out of Michigan, but he's in a system in the. He played Michigan. He played half a season. 
who break I, exactly. That's what I'm saying. But you a Michigan guy. You went to Michigan, but he he um he's in the system. If a lot of guys go into the right. system, and I mentioned this earlier. You, you you see a lot of superstars in college, but you get to another level, they don't fit into that system on a pro level, so you don't hear from them. At the same time, guys you never heard from about in college, they go into the right system and they make plays, and you hear about these guys and they turn to superstars. Tom Brady is in a system where a lot of his passes, he, if he have a deep threat, he can go down, he take those chances. But the longer he's in that system, the smarter he becomes as a, as a quarterback, the smarter he becomes as a player, and he takes advantage of that and he makes plays. Right. And then there's a lot of guys like that. I don't think Sanchez, I don't think he was a fifth-round draft pick. What's going to happen in New York is they're going to hand the ball to their Pro Bowl running back, Thomas Jones. They gonna, um, they have Rex Ryan as the defensive coordinator. That defense is going to give him a short field to play on. He's not going to be making a lot of plays, making a lot of decisions. He's going to have to – if he, he's smart enough. He went to USC. He was in a prototype offense. Use the weapons around you, and I think That's he'll one. be fine. But I don't see him as a fifth-round pick. I mean, a fifth, I didn't uh, think of him as a five pick. I saw him as a top ten pick, or maybe a top fifteen pick. But my, like I'm saying, like I said, Zingo, you know, he's going to a situation where he's just going to a system. The same thing Pete Carroll gave him in at USC. That defense, you know, nine players off that defense gets drafted. Oh my God, that was ridiculous. Well, you know what? Yeah, and a, a lot of them. Um a lot of them was the linebackers. They made uh, they made a lot of Ew. issues about the linebackers, and the linebackers were pretty good. But uh, was it Ray Malaluga? He got drafted yeah, in the second round pick, and that's fine. The guy runs a, he's I think he's running a five nine. Nobody runs under. If you're not in the fours, you're not going. You shouldn't get drafted in the first round. And that's for linebacker and skilled guys on up. Now, the offensive lineman that's different. All you got to do is have good lateral uh, movement where you can slide and get your hands on the defensive uh, defensive lineman. But I don't see a problem with him going in that pick. He went to the right team. He went where he was supposed to go, and he's going to help out that team a great deal. But Nine draft, nine picks, and they could have had ten because they have a safety over there who's going to be a top five guy next year at USC. Now he decided to stay in school, which uh probably had Pete Carroll had a lot to do with that. But he he's he will be a top five pick next year. The guy is just, I mean, you talking about prototype? You talking about a ball hawker? You talking about a guy who knock you out? Kind of like me, but this guy's going to be all right. He's going to be a top five pick. Yeah, I mean, my thing is like this. You know, you play into a system. You know, uh, you know. At- Mel Kiper, you know, I don't know who Todd Mache is. I don't know who he is. I don't like he played any kind of sports or any, anything. He got all these comments and everything to say. These commentators. These yeah, I, I, I hear you. Part of the media, I yes, you, you are part of the media. And so I guess now that I'm on here every week, I'm part of the media a little bit. But my thing is this. Okay, you know, Terrell, um, Terrell Davis, fifth-round pick out of Georgia. Mm-hmm. Okay, Super Bowl MVP. Led the league in Russian. You know, you know, it, it it doesn't make a difference where the kid from Maryland was drafted at. Number one, he was drafted. Okay, I don't think Jeremy Macklin is going to be able to withstand the pressure in the league. Why not? We guarantee, guarantee. Now, hold on. Now, who, who drafted him? Philly. Philly got Jeremy Macklin, and they need. Now, and and they, now, Philly, Philly has a pressure of they just, getting Donovan some help. Yeah, but now you, now you got Deshane on one side and Macklin at slot on the other side. Donovan has what? Ryan Westbrook out of the backfield, and they draft a tight end. They got uh, don't forget they got Peterson from Buffalo who will protect Donovan's backside uh, left yes. tackle. Yeah, so now Donovan has now stepped up to where you know it's do a die for him in the next two years. He got the NFC Championship last game with nothing. Right. Well, there's no reason why he can't get further. He has two young receivers. What I'm saying is the fact of okay, now 
you know, you got these commentators, it's bad, this is bad, that is bad, this is bad, that. Number one, you don't know nothing until next until the end of the next season. What was what? That's why I don't put a lot of onus on the draft. I don't put a lot of onus on the draft pick, but I don't like I don't like when people say this guy shouldn't have went here or this guy shouldn't have went there, this guy shouldn't have got drafted, or when you don't draft a guy. I, explain to me about uh, Harold Graham, Graham Harold and uh, Chase Daniel. Why do you, why those guys didn't get drafted? Those guys don't say Daniels. He's six foot. How did Brett, Brett Beaumont get drafted over Graham Graham Harrell and, and um, Chase yeah. Daniels? McDaniel's six foot six feet tall. Drew Bledsoe, I mean, um, Drew Brees is six feet tall. He goes back. He drops seven eight yards back and chunks it five hundred yards a game. <laughs> well, you know Any what? receiver in the NFL last what two years, three years. I play with Drew Brees and uh, Drew Brees. Yeah, he's about six and three fourths. I say six and. I'd say six and a quarter. Drew Brees about six quarter, but he's mom. smart. And I don't I don't put a lot of owners on the guy's height and size. Uh, I'll give you an example. You know Mark McMillan. You know him. The guy about 5'7". Yeah. The guy made plays. I mean, I don't tell you, you two, a lot of gurus, a lot of so-called gurus say, this guy's too slow, he can't play corner, he's too small, he can't play safety. Um, the guy gets in the league and played 10 years. Uh, Mark McMillan, he, he played against taller receivers, twice his size, twice his height, and he made plays. That's why I don't. That's why I'm not a fan of the draft because you can look at a guy and say, "Well, he's not going to last in the league." But the guy just consistently make plays. I'm just talking about. There's a lot of guys around the league like that. But, but, but for somebody to say he shouldn't get drafted, how you know what this guy's this uh, future NFL player? How you know what his dreams, his goals was? But you take that away because you got an opinion about him, and then. There's some teams that's dumb enough to listen to these so-called gurus like Mel Kuyper and say, well, I'm not going to take him. He's not high on Mel Kuyper's mock draft, so I'm not going to take him. But if you watch the guy on film, you watch him play football, you do your due diligence and, and doing and lining up, watching him week in and week out, you find that he can play football. So I, right. so I, I, I mean, number one, number one, you go to school, you play four years, you're in the draft, and you're considered to be in draft, and you can play ball. Right, right. Because you it's all about what you're doing. It's what you do starting this Friday, day after Thursday. From that Friday on until the end of the season or until the end of preseason, that's what it's all about. So everybody with this this, uh, this, this and that and that about the draft, man, they just, it, it, it annoys me. Yeah, I like not, to know I'm, what people think before the draft, who might pick what, who might pick what. You know, we picked the offensive tackle. Right, right. right. And what what he said? I'm gonna give the Ravens everything I got. Exactly, he said. I, he said I could have got drafted in eighth round, which you know, one through seven. But I know what he meant. I know where he was coming from. He just wanted to be on the football field. And there's a lot of guys. And you know who he gained respect from by saying that? Probably from the team, Ray though. Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis. Yeah, he he know he's going under. That's Ray Lewis team. That's Ray Lewis uh, defense. And and we and Flacco. Let's 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 get into this. Uh, Flacco, I'm a Compare him kind of. To, I'm gonna compare Sanchez to him as a rookie going in. You can't. You no. Listen to what I'm saying though. Uh, he's going into a team with, with a defense where he can make mistakes. He's allowed to make those mistakes because the defense is always going to play aggressive. They're always going to put pressure on the quarterback. They're always going to make turnovers, create turnovers, and he's going to have that much opportunity to be on the field to hone his game up before October. When October, when you really play football, but. He's going to the New York Jets. Sanchez is. He's not going to have to do a whole lot. He's going to have to just hand the ball off to Thomas Jones. They're trying to establish a running game over there. You got the Pro Bowl, uh, last year Pro Bowl, Thomas Jones. Hand the ball to him. Let him do what he's supposed to do. That 46 defense, man, That def- I played in that defense. You're going to make a lot of plays if you discipline. And I think Rex Ryan's going to – I know Rex Ryan's going to have those guys disciplined because he took a lot of guys who was under free agent, who was free agents 
from Baltimore and took them to New York so that defense could, could run well and also teach those guys who's already there to play that defense. Now, we're going to take a break, Rich, and we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more of that. We'll move into some Cardinal stuff as well. Uh, probably the last second we talk bas- uh, basketball. Yeah. Who knows? This is Kwame Lassie doing Kwame Lassie Sports Talk. I'm on the Voice America Sports Network. We'll be back in two minutes. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Every week, Body Talk is here to answer your pressing questions about the fields of traditional, alternative, and functional medical science. Join hosts Dr. Stephen Ross and Drake Kellis as they uncover the truth behind some of today's ailments, symptoms, and diseases. You'll get the most up-to-date information on treatments and remedies and their effectiveness. Plus, you'll hear from leading experts on a variety of health topics. Listen for Body Talk with Dr. Stephen Ross and Drake Kellis, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference Most Valuable Player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Welcome back. I have former AFL2 coach Richard Britt on the line calling out of Alexandria, Virginia. Huge Baltimore fan. I appreciate you coming back, listening to Kwame Lassett on Voice America Sports Network. Uh, we're going to our third segment, and um, we're talking about this draft, this, the politics of it, and more so teams moving up. I don't, you know what? It's entertaining, so that's how I approach the draft. And, Rich, you was talking about Sanchez. So give me your last words. Give me your final thoughts on this guy and, and why you like him so much. And I know he's only played a few games in uh, at USC, but go ahead. I just think, you know, he comes from a, a, a P. Care offense. Look at every player that came out of USC in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. P. Care has been there. Now, All of them you? have been productive in the National Football League. All of them. You know, I'm saying Matt Liner right now is not being productive because he's being tutored by, by, by uh, Kurt Warner. But just think, Kurt Warner finally – hangs it up, you know, he'll be, I think Matt will be okay. Now, Sanchez coming into Big Apple, coming to Big Apple, he got a target on your back already. But I think, I played 16 games at USC, going into the uh, Rose Bowl last year, going against the number three, number three or top five team in the, in the NCAA Championship Bowl Series, Penn State, he crushed them 400-some-odd yards, five touchdowns total. 
And Penn State was at that point, uh, they was vibing for a national championship national at that championship point. championship game, right. So my question is this, how could anyone say what he's going to do when this kid has managed every game he's been in? He's a, for me as a coach in the AF2, okay, love my football, like you know I love my football. I know. I would, this kid can manage a football game. That is all you need from a quarterback. You don't need somebody to come out with Brett Favre. You don't need Dan Marino. You don't need a John Elway. You need a kid that can come in and manage the game, i.e. Joe Flacco. Matt from Baltimore, from, from my team, the Ravens, and Matt Ryan from the Atlanta Falcons. They managed the team's games last year. I think both of those kids in the playoffs. I think both of those guys you mentioned, both of those guys you mentioned, I did a great job. And you know what? At any point in the draft, you know what you're going to get as far as what you've seen in college, but you have to take that college guy and put him to that same system. A lot of times, uh, a lot of times teams, organizations, they draft this guy from what he did in college and bring him to the National Football League, and then they've never uh, put him in the same system. So, it, it you know, we have time. Like Again, like you said, at the end of the year, we'll have a great uh, barometer evaluating these guys and what they've done and uh, the hype that they had coming in. So we, we will see, man. We, we Last week, though, we talked about the Arizona Cardinals. We wonder – what they were going to do in this year's draft to make that team better. And coming off the Super Bowl run, how could they get back to that? First, you have to win your division and then win your conference, which they, these guys done. They was 9-7 during the regular season, 3-1 and one in the postseason. Uh, that, one, y'all, that one loss in the postseason came to the hands of Pittsburgh Steelers, which my boy Markeith Woods was happy about back home. Now, we waited all week and prior to to see what was going to happen to Anquan Bolden. Even during the draft, I'm waiting. I'm trying to figure out if they're going to trade this guy or why they're going to trade the guy. Why they even talk about trading this guy? But even during the uh, draft, nothing happened. Edgerton James, he likely to be released with the uh, Chris Wells, the Beanie Wells, the running back picked in the 31st pick of the first round. Personally, I watched this guy play also. I seen him in the bowl game. I, I question his toughness. I don't know, but he's 6'1", 235 pounds. I think he'll, if they're going to establish some type of running game, and be able to get those short yardage, I think he's that guy. He'll be able to do that. He has great vision. The Cardinals, the Cardinals also picked uh, in the seventh round, 240 pick. LaRod Stevens Howland, running back, small guy, 5'6", 176 pounds out of Pittsburgh. Fullback. Yeah, yeah. He out of Pittsburgh. The Arizona Cardinals, and you know their first and their first seven, um, their first seven uh, picks in the draft, they picked uh, four. Four players in the draft. They were defensive players, so I'm sure they would get quite a few undrafted players, you know, to come out on in the free agency. And uh, me and Bankston, man, me and Bankston going out to Flemings and have a uh, dinner with these guys. So we we'll size them up. We we'll find out what these rookies about. A lot of their first round or their draft picks, and then their free agency. So we're gonna be at Flemings this weekend, um, coming up Saturday, and I'll give you the report back on that. But um, is this, though? I got a question to ask. Okay, I, I, and this is something that, that bothers me, too, is everybody's questioning everybody's toughness, 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 toughness. Injuries happen with human beings. we got flesh and we got bones. When people, when you're running back and you're getting the ball 15 to 28 times a game and people are coming to take your head off, you get hit, you get hurt, things happen. How can you question somebody's toughness? Now, granted, the kid don't want to go out there and get shot up all the time. I ain't Kwame Lasseter. I ain't everybody else walking around who's playing as a football league who had shot up. Walking around with aches and pains. People who played arena ball, shot up. 
walk around with aches and pains. No, I watch people, people to question other um, a grown man's toughness because he got injured playing a very violent sport like football, which is a, probably the best sport ever, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Also bothers me. Okay, well I heard what you're you saying. Question someone's toughness. You I heard what you're saying, but this guy set out games. Prone. He set out games where his team needed him. I, I do question his toughness. And I tell him in his face, and, and I'm I will, like I said, I will be with him Saturday. It's not going to be the format for that. It's not going to be the atmosphere for that. But unless that conversation come up, I'm like, I watch you play. I, 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 I didn't watch lose you. those games when he was he set out. No, they didn't. They, you know what? He, they didn't they, lose. They were, they were not going to lose those. They games. didn't play anybody. But I know he had a turf toe. Now a lot of guys can't play on a turf toe, but not at the skill position. Not where you planting and cutting you can't and bursting. Play on turf toe as a, as a safety, or you can play as a safety without a corner. You no, 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 no. I play safety. Not you know what? A lot of guys, hold on. I got a call on the line. Uh, Michael Bankston. Uh, he played numerous years in the league. I mean, I played with the guy. Then he uh, went to he went to Cincinnati. I, I told him don't go to Cincinnati, but he, it's cold. He told me um, he was going to buy a fur coat. So what? he's well, you know, he's pretty. He's superstar. He can buy a fur yeah, coat. They was giving him money. Arizona guys back in the late nineties. What happened? Well, well, that's Michael Bankston. So you got to understand this guy. Yeah, yeah. Bankston, you on the line? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, man. Don't come with no sexy voice, man. We talking about the Cardinals, and uh, <laughs> I appreciate you calling on, man. Mike, I have a uh, Richard Britt on the line from uh, AFL two coach from uh, Alexander, Virginia. So, I know Banks. Banks, and tell me about uh, do you watch a little bit of the draft this weekend? Last weekend, man, I had my daughter this weekend. We was at Dave and Buster, but yes, I did watch a little bit of the draft. And what are your questions on the picks of the Cardinals? Well, we we yeah, we'll get into that. I thought they um. I mean, I thought they addressed some of the issues they were having. They got a running back because their running game was terrible last year. If it wasn't for the three receivers they had and Kurt Warner, uh, it would have been a lot tougher. But they, they didn't edge out those able to stay on the field as far as uh, I was concerned with the running game. And I think uh, Chris Wells, you know, getting them in the 31st pick, I don't know if he was just the best guy on the board at the time, but they did need a running back. And there's some other running backs that I liked in the draft before him. Connors couldn't get him at 31. Connors not even used to picking at 31. And I'm sure with the eighth pick, when they normally pick in the top first, the first 10 picks, they would have got a running back. But tell me what you feel about that and, and their draft picks. Well, you got to understand, you're, you're right. Um, some of the assets you're saying because of the fact they were in the 31st pick, which is unusual for the Cardinals. But they did address some of their needs. I mean, you know, we know the running game wasn't the best, and if they had the running game, that would have offset um, and made the receivers even better than what they were. I agree. If they can't get any better, because uh, you need that running game, especially when the crunch time, especially if you run that uh, time off the clock in the fourth quarter to win games, and, and uh, we didn't have that. I mean, Edwin is a veteran player, but you know, his, his time has uh, you know suspended. I guess you could say. Right. And bringing in uh, Chris Wells, Benny Wells. Uh, uh, I think uh, they made the right move. Now, like you said, you 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 got the mindset of, that I have. We won't know until he shows up. Everything looks good on paper, mm-hmm. but we'll see when the when the when the nuts and bolts happen, when the pads are on, and and uh, people are trying to take your lights off. We'll see how hard and tough he is at that time, and hopefully, he does pan out. Because you, as you know, the organization, especially with your first round pick, you want to say you did the wrong thing. You want to make sure that guy is the right guy and the right fit for your team. Yeah, I agree with you, and I appreciate that insight on that because you, you're exactly right. This guy, uh, Rich and I were just talking about this, and I was talking about his toughness. Rich, you know, he said you can't judge a man toughness, but I've been around guys with 
You expect them to be tough. That position requires you to be tough as a running back, as a linebacker, or, you know, at a defense position. That requires you to be tough. You know you're going to get hit all the time. But, you know, when the pass get on, you're going to be at a lot of camps, and I'm going to see some of these camps, and we're going to be at the games watching these guys. But I want to see when the, the defense are hitting them. Are he able, is he able to get up and uh, line back up and give them all he's got for four quarters? Now, again, he played in the Big Ten, which, you know, that's Big Ten football. So, I want to see him what he's going to do against these guys up in Flagstaff in practice when they putting them pass on, and then it changed the uh, whole dynamics of the game when you have to get hit. And then the first round, as a first round pick, they may take care of you in, in camp, but at some point you're going to have to be physical. At some point you're going to get nicks and bruises, and you're going to have to go out there and still do the job. You have to show up day in and day out, whether that be practice or week in and week out, and whether that be game. So I, I, li- I like to see how he's going to hold up. And, again, I mentioned we're going to be at Fleming's uh, eating the free steaks with these guys. And, <laughs> and uh, we, you know what, you can stand next to a guy. You can you kind of measure guys up and, and you see what they're about and listen to the conversation how they how they carry themselves. So we'll see what's going on with that. Well, yeah, you're, you're definitely right. You'll see the true character of a guy. But it's only going to be a momentary uh, meeting with us, you know, a little say hi and what's up and everything else. But, yeah. like I said, the true test is how they stand up, just like you said, in training camp. When they, they let the, the all the guns and the bears loose and let you knock somebody out without uh, blowing a whistle or putting a red jersey on them, right. uh, you'll know what he's all about at that time. Will he will he falter? Will he try to miss some of the camp, or will he try to get in and, and really understand and do his best? And it's the same with the second round, third round, and the fourth round picks as well. Uh, will they go out there and make it known that they really want to be on this team, that they really want to contribute this year, and also? Uh, Add competition to the guys that are already there. That's what it's all about, competition, making each one of each other better. And like you said, the Cardinals went to the peak last year, came a little short, uh, and you want to see that they make that same run this year. They want to be a one-hit runner. We don't want to be a vanilla ice. No, and you, and you know we uh, you know, we still Cardinals fans. We're here. We like to see these guys do well, and we, we get out to the games, man. But um, what what they've done in draft, I think – Filled a lot of spots because they are going into that three-four defense. So they, so they got a linebacker. They got, a, they got another corner. They got a, a defensive back out of Alabama. Who, a smart guy, smart guy. I thought at times he took a lot of chances, but they got a, they got a free safety out of Alabama, and uh, I think that's going to help them with this three-four defense because Adrian's going to lock down a strong safety, and he's going to do a lot of what Pittsburgh safety does. Uh, but it, it, it's good. I, I like to see what these guys come out, see how they're going to manage. Uh, getting back to that. Bill Davis taking over the defensive coordinator job. So it's all 3-4 defense from here as far as I'm concerned and from, from what I've heard. So these guys should put a lot more pressure on the quarterback. The offense should have a lot more, a lot more times at the ball and with, uh, uh, with the receivers they have and, and the addition of the running back, they should establish the running back. You get into that four-minute, man, you know as a defensive guy, we, get, we give you the ball back and all you got to do is hold the ball for four minutes. We expect you to win it. And with Chris Wells in the game, we, you should be able to get one first down, take a few a few knees, and win the game for us. I'm going to come back, man, on my last segment. Banks, I don't know if you can hold on or not. If not, I appreciate it, man, uh, uh, calling in for the show. But if you're on when we get back, uh, we'll finish up with the Cardinals and briefly talk about that. Uh, you listen to Kwame Lassa Sports on Kwame Lassa Sports, Voice America Sports Network. Uh, we'll come back in two minutes and finish up with the Arizona Cardinals draft picks. It's a fly ball, deep right field. Back goes O'Neal. He 
eight seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Show. Are you ready for some football? Well, here it comes. The Owen Odd Show is bringing you the funniest hour in sports talk radio. This action-packed show is hosted by the outspoken fullback, Big Hodge, and the knowledgeable defensive back, Odie. This show will focus on the NFL, but touch on all things sports. Owen Hodge will provide you with a true player's perspective that'll give you insight, make you think, and definitely make you laugh. Owen Hodge have accumulated six championship rings, so obviously they know things. Check out the Owen Hodge Show at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Owen Hodge Show. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Take a look inside the country's fastest-growing professional sports organization. Join Robbie Kendall for Inside the ABA on the Voice America Sports Channel. The show will feature weekly interviews with the owners, players, coaches, and influential league executives. Tune in and be a part of the fastest-growing sports organization in the world. You can hear Inside the ABA every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports welcome back to plumbing lots of sports talk on the voice america sports network I uh, appreciate michael bankston coming in michael bankston played in numerous years in the national football league defensive tackle he held his own, made a few plays here and there. Uh, as always, Richard Britt out of Alexandria, Virginia, former AF2 coach. Uh, we love talking about the Cardinals and, and what we expect from them and what, you know, we still fans of the Cardinals. And as a fan, as alumni of the team, I'm, I'm still bothered by Anquan not being extended or traded. And I hope, and not because this guy's just going to make $2.75 million this year and three four million next year. I'm not even. I'm not sure what they promised. I wasn't at the negotiation table when they promised this guy anything, or if they did on the back end of his contract. But I, I'm sure if he plays this year, I cannot see him playing next year under that same contract. And I do recall Kurt Warner, Larry Fitzgerald saying they would do whatever it takes to keep Anquan as a teammate. And I'm sure the rest of the guys in the, in the locker room feel the same way. This guy's a consummate pro. He does everything uh, he's supposed to do. He's professional. He he, he shows up for work. He shows up for the tough games. He plays tough. He's a locker room inspiration. He goes out there and gets the tough, the tough yarders. He plays like a linebacker. And I don't know what the Cardinals, if the Cardinals are saying, how long can this guy play that way? How can he play this physical? But this is what you. This is why you have him on your team because he plays physical. He does the. He does the right thing. 
And our Arizona Cardinals, we mentioned in the last segment that they're going into a 3-4 defense with, under the new coordinator, Bill Davis, who was last year's linebacker coach. Um, so then, and they, they acquired a lot of things. They still have Carlos Dansby under the exclusive franchise tag, which, uh, of course, this is the second year he's been under that tag. I'm not a fan of the franchise tag because it's not used right. If it's used in the right format, then fine. More power to him. Let this guy get his money and go to another team or don't do it next year and still not sign him to a long-term deal. But he's still on the contract. Uh, offensive coordinators now and head coach. That was Todd Haley. Uh, Ken Wizard were calling the play. So it's very important that Kurt Warner came back for a two-year deal, $23 million, which I figured he just played one of those deals, and they have to get Matt Liner in there at some point, some shape or form. Also, I'd like to mention that Adrian Wilson, he has one year left on his contract, but I'm not sure if you really want him to go into next year and not give him a deal, not extend his contract. Adrian Wilson is one of those guys, and there's a handful of guys that can play on any team in the National Football League. So I'm not sure if that's a smart deal or not that you want him to play um, go into his last year of the contract and not extend him. The guy goes to Pro Bowls. The guy makes plays. You come to the game, you see Adrian uh, around the football all the time. You see Adrian making big plays when it was time for a big play to be made. But uh, they have a lot of issues. They have a lot of contract situations they need to address. Uh, I think they're about to get rid of Edgerin James this year. I mean, this weekend, excuse me, this week. And um, with the uh, draft picks of uh, Beanie Wells and, and Lashard, uh, those two guys, the guy out of Pittsburgh. But, uh, Rich, what you thinking about that? I don't know um, if you follow the Cardinals from over there or not, but, you know, we just come out there every year. Well, I just think that, you know, if, you know I think that you know, they did have a, they had a pretty good draft. I mean, they got Beanie Wells in the, in the bottom of the third, first round. Um, you know, don't know what they're going to do with Edgerton. Like you said, you think they're going to release him this week, or uh, the only thing they can pretty much do is release him. And I think he'll go back to Indianapolis. I really do. Indianapolis? I think go back. Yeah, I think he'll go back to the Cardinals. I mean, um, the um, the Colts and sit there and finish up another year or two and, and be done. Well, you know, there was a lot of teams that want him. I think, uh, you know, in New Orleans, Deuce uh, uh, Deuce McAllister, he's, he's not in New Orleans anymore. Uh, but you do have uh, – yeah, another one of your USC boys uh, there. I think if he go and there, Bush. yeah, Reggie Bush. I think if he goes there, um, he accepts the type of role. And, you know, the team makes him feel like he want to be there. If he can, if he can do that, he, that'd be a good fit for him because they do pass the ball over there, so that makes the run a lot better. My problem with the Arizona Cardinals and and keeping this guy on the roster, and Edron James on the roster, is why would you do a pro like that? Why would you do a guy who's been nothing but a professional around the football league and to the peers and to his teammates why would you hold him to the last minute why not let him go and i think it's a selfish reason that they held this guy until after the draft he's still on team to this day as we speak but why not let him if you're not going to keep him you know you have plans not to keep him but you just want to make sure why not let him go and go out there and find him another job the guy still loves football he still wants to play um obviously but well, why would you cripple him like that and uh, not, not not let him go out there and get um, a job. Well, I think what they'll do is, you know, he'll get in the, he'll go somewhere and be a role player like he is. He'll go and be productive like we all know he can be. Edwin can be Edwin. And, you know, he like you said, if he goes to New Orleans, he'll fit right in. And you got, you know, you got a great quarterback. You got receivers on both sides of the ball. And you got two running backs that can come out the, um, out the backfield. backfield and catch the ball. Right. And you got one of the best, bot, one of the best blocking run, uh, running backs in the league. So, you know, Drew is going to – I wouldn't be surprised if they put up way more points 
and you number one, number number one scoring offense last year, yardage offense last year, the New Orleans Saints. Well, yeah, I hear you, but they they they're going to pass the ball first. They got to establish some running game, but they got to get a guy who can pound in. Don't come out. Um, Edrin is one of the best blocking running backs in the National Football League. He, Edrin is smart. I watched him here. I watched him when he was in Indianapolis. I watched him when he came here, how he, uh, the communication he had with the offensive lineman there. He wanted to know, the, the offensive lineman, he wanted to know these guys' tendencies, what do they do, what they continue to do, so he can play off that. He didn't come here and say, you need to be there so I can be here. He came out and found out what's, what is easier for that offensive lineman because the offensive lineman here in the offense in uh, Arizona is, is somewhat suspect. They have one of the um, better coaches in the National Football League ever coach. They have one of the better coaches that uh, they have, the, the Hall of Fame coach, but they still are inconsistent at times. So um, he came in. You mentioned he's a better blocker, and I think he did a great job of picking up blitz. Norm, I watched him call a timeout uh, during the game because the quarter. this is when Matt Lina was at the helm call timeout. See, he's that second quarterback on the field. And I, I think uh, if you get this guy, you need to get this guy a chance uh, to go somewhere and play. He still loves the game. Yes, he does. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. we will see, man. But uh, we got a minute left in the show. Let me shout out a few things. Uh, June 8th, I will be playing golf at uh, – potentially playing golf at Cowanback Country Club – with the Crystal House organization, uh, you know, they have the Cardinals organization. The Cardinals have a uh, tournament, I think it's the fourth at Whirlwind. So I would be there. We'll be uh, Fleming Saturday with the uh, drafted players that they picked up in this week, last weekend's draft. Um, Rich, you got you got anything going on? No, nothing out in this way. Okay. Just, you know. Also, don't forget to check out uh, Mark McMillan and Hard Hitting Sports and Brian Everson. Those guys have a um, – they filming a movie in Barcelona and Scottsdale. I think it's around June 8th, somewhere in the first week of June. So keep looking out for those guys. Um, uh, you can listen to his show on the Voice America Sports Network. Uh, he and Brian uh, and their girl uh, and their, their co-host, Joe Ski, which is Joe Sky. But uh, look, look out for those guys. Look at what's going on. And um, nothing going on back home, back, back east, Rich? No, nah, not really. You know, everybody going to hope to see what they're going to do with uh – you know, they Jason Campbell with the Redskins. Everybody happy about that. Still haven't signed Flip Saunders with the Wizards yet. But other than that, you know, we just, you know, everybody just, you know, hope the Nationals can win a couple more games. That's about it. Well, your boys, uh, your boy, Miami Heat, Dwayne Wade, your MVP, uh, he didn't look good. He had back spasm yesterday. He didn't look good yeah, last night. He had, you know, he looked kind of bad last night. But that's what happens when you when you got all that weight on your on your back. <laughs> when he carrying the team, <laughs> when you carry the team, that's what happens, baby. Come I think, on now. I think he, I think he won. If they keep that team together, I think he one player away from um uh, getting back to where he want to be. But you, that the Cleveland, that Cleveland team is looking good. But they I think have, that, you know, I think if, the, if Miami can can do it right, I think who I think would would help them. They need a true big man, a true big man, not Michael Beasley. He's the he's a he's a power, power forward. I think he a power forward. I, I agree with you on that. I agree with would, you. Uh, my man from UConn will come in at seven footer from UConn. Uh-huh. Could come in and 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 with, with Alonzo still living down there, he can train and him. And with Alonzo in his ear, the same way Alonzo. Hey, Rich, to, Rich, Rich. I don't yeah. mean to cut you off, brother, but we got to go. uh, get off this air. We uh, enjoy. I appreciate you week in and week out, Rich, calling in uh, every week. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, I will see you guys next week. This is the Voice America Sports Network. You Kwame lots of sports talk. You check out my blog. Uh, give me a call. Um, again, that's a bit various things going on. Check out the network and see what's going on. Listen to other shows. 
This has been a live good show. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you guys next week, next Tuesday. I'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in this week. Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.